Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. Hey guys, it's Brent. Got some timestamps for you. Announcements and introductions with our special guest is right off the top. Masters recap starts at 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Major League Baseball general discussion starts at 14 minutes. Major League Baseball futures starts at 40 minutes and 25 seconds. Daily picks, model discussion, and locks of the week starts at 55 minutes. And diaper dad diaries at 1 hour and 5 minutes. Thanks. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, episode number 12. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, not as always, we have a special guest today, pinch hitting, Nitty Nate. How you doing, Nate? Oh, it's an honor to be here. Long time, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're actually still developing our, uh, our, our call number for uh, loyal listeners, but uh yeah, definitely appreciate you jumping on the pod today to talk Major League Baseball. Um, got some big shoes to fill. Mad Money Mike is, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. He's having uh, a rough day, and as fellow parents, uh, I think we can likely relate to that. So, uh, so yeah, thanks again, Nitty Nate, for joining us. Super pumped. Episode number 12, we're going to talk Major League Baseball. Uh, first, we're going to recap the Masters briefly, um, as folks probably saw. Hideki Matsuyama took home the green jacket, and uh, then we'll definitely spend the bulk of the episode on Major League Baseball. We're going to pass on most other items, um, close out with some locks of the week, and some diaper dad diaries. So, um, yeah, Nitty Nate, welcome to the pod. So, yeah, for folks that don't know, Nitty Nate is my brother, um, currently stationed in Birmingham, Alabama, not for military (laughs) Um, but living there nonetheless. So tell us a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, what's going on, Nitty Nate. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Weather's beautiful. Baseball is on. Spring training is over. The long, cold winter's behind us. There's, there's, there's sunlight coming through the windows. The grass is green. There's no season like Major League Baseball season. That's, that's all I'll say. Don't ask me about any other sport, but... Baseball. <laughs> yes, I am well aware over the past years of your baseball betting acumen. Um, you've you've got a model. I can't wait to get into it. I've got so many questions for you. Um, uh, well, you. Let me let me correct you one second. Former former baseball betting acumen. Now I just do it for fun. Coming out of retirement, just for this pod special event, we are truly blessed. But before we get to Major League Baseball. I do want to recap the Masters. Nitty Nate, did you catch any of the Masters? No. 
<laughs> that pregnant pause like really got me on edge. I was really looking forward to uh, you had me going there. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I can recap it for you and for our loyal listeners, just in case they missed it. Um, it was the tale of two halves, so to say. Um, the first day and a half was the Justin Rose show. And then there was a rain delay on, I think it was Saturday. And then boom, next thing you know, Hideki Matsuyama has a four stroke lead going into Sunday and, uh, pretty much never looked back. So uh, congratulations to him uh, for his first uh, green jacket and uh, to, uh, you know, the, the, the entire country of Japan. So, yeah, this this was on Sunday. So, you know, you hate, you hate to not have a, a, a match, you know, on the final day. But this actually was interesting for about 30 minutes on Sunday. Um, Xander Shoffley, you know, in the final pairing with Matsuyama, birdies four straight holes, 12, 13, 14, 15, and actually gets to within two strokes. Um, of Masayama because he bogeyed 15 and then there's a par three on 16 and uh, Xander he just he he takes too aggressive of a line and uh, dunks it in the water and makes a triple bogey and then Matsuyama just coasts to a victory so um, Nitty Nate I know that uh, you've golfed every now and again may have been a few uh, minutes but I mean Making a triple bogey, these are professional players. I mean, what was he thinking? We could have been out there doing that, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was uh, he was saying he was trying to trying to be aggressive, making up some shots. So he, you know, he went for it. Took a rolled the dice a little bit, trying to gain some ground. Ended up uh, ended up biting him, but um, you know, kept it interesting for a while. Yeah. But- I guess when you put it that way, that he was rolling the dice, gambling, so to speak, um, you know, I guess it's tough to be mad at him. But uh, another – the, uh, the, yeah. the ESPN ticker assures me that he has no regrets. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, right, is what I say to that. Um, there was something – there was one other interesting uh, tidbit I noticed from the weekend that just like – made me think, hey, these golfers are more mere mortals as well, is uh, on day two, Siwoo Kim had apparently some issues with his putter, and he must have missed the putter or something. He slammed his putter down and broke his putter and then had to putt with a three-wood for the rest of the day. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that is that do they call that off the tarmac? Is that is is that the same application? <laughs> Not quite, but uh, he might as well have been because he had some some good birdie chances and he missed every single one of them. Um, so that begs, I mean that that begs the question, Nitty Nate, have you ever broken a club or like do you have a golf story related to any of this? Not not for not for breaking a club. Uh, I did go, I did go, you might've been there. I went golfing one time out in California and uh, I did convince the, one of the, one of the friends I was golfing with that we were actually uh, hitting off of the tee box going the opposite direction of the hole. And so he made him, you know, he, I, I was kind of standing, gesturing in the direction saying, yeah, it looks like there's a dog leg left down, down that way. And he lined up and hit it. Uh, and there was, Complete 180 degrees from where he was supposed to end up. So, 
So you're on like T box for hole number four going, you know, one way, but yeah. you, you line him up like, no, no, the T box actually going this way, like down fairway number 10 or something. And he actually tees off. Yep. Yep. Got him. That's your good old hoodwink. I love it. Yeah. He was, a, he, he was a rules stickler uh, beyond reason. <laughs> so it was my pleasure. So did he play it as it lies? Like, did he have to, like, hit back up and then, you know, like, make it all the way back or what? Uh, I think he called it a lost ball. <laughs> For the sake of time, I thought I'd get away with that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. I have broken a club once. I couldn't feel worse about it. I, uh, I, ch- I flubbed one too many chips. And next thing you know, I it was a brand new uh, sand wedge too. That's why I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna learn how to chip with this club. Um, but no, I did not. And so I just threw it as hard as I could. I threw it up into these like really tall pine trees and it snapped in half like a twig. It cost like a hundred bucks. I felt really stupid about it. So I can uh, I can relate to to poor Siwoo Kim. But uh, yeah, did it, so did it break? Did it break on contact with the tree or on? Falling back to earth. Immediate contact with the tree. Like this okay. thing, I guess, you know, like the uh, the actual shaft, you know, it's really strong. Like you can, unless if you just like hit it the wrong way, I guess, like, you know, snap it in straight on or like, you know, um, lengthwise, I guess. But uh, right. yeah. So, so that's it for the Masters. Hideki Matsuyama finishes minus 10 as the champion. Will Zalatoris finishes second at minus nine. And for those of you on Twitter, I encourage you to uh, take a look. I retweeted a, a tweet from Adam Sandler. This, Will Zalatoris, he is a, a, a replica doppelganger of Happy Gilmore's caddy. And I encourage you guys to take a look. Or if you need a laugh, just YouTube search Happy Gilmore caddy. Um. Nate, I'm sure you remember because we watched Happy Gilmore like a hundred times. There's the oh, yeah. Yeah, excuse me. What's that? Say he's just got one shoe. <laughs> and there's the scene where like he runs up and uh, you know looks like he's stealing uh, Happy's clubs, and Happy Gilmore's like, "Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk?" And he shoves him down. Mr. Gilmore, <laughs> I'm your caddy. He looks just like him, and uh, the scene is hilarious. I was no, no. Um, yeah, but anyway, I encourage you folks to go take a look at that. It uh, definitely got brought a smile to my face. And uh, Adam Sandler tweeted it at Wills Altours, who's on Twitter. And actually, Wills Altours, like, he responded back to Adam Sandler. He was like, Mr. Gilmore. He responded on Twitter, like, Mr. Gilmore, I'll be happy to caddy for you anytime in the future or something like that. So I thought that was pretty funny. He must have a baby face because if I remember right, that, uh, that caddy was pretty young looking. Oh, yeah. Zalatoris is also extremely young. I think he's two years younger than uh, Jordan Spieth. And he almost had me eating my words from the last podcast where I said there will be no first time winner. And yet here comes, you know, little Happy Gilmore's caddy um, ends up one stroke from proving me wrong. And, and I look I remember hearing this it was hasn't been a first time winner since 1979 Fuzzy Zeller. So um, that would have been the ultimate like anti-bet had that hit so um fortunately that did not happen otherwise on the betting front i was all over webb simpson for a top 10 who ended up finishing tied for 12th 
if he'd have just had, you know, one more birdie or one fewer double bogeys. He had two double bogeys, and I'm telling you, I jinxed him because both times I had checked his score, the immediate next hole, he had a double bogey. So um, I guess that's my fault for checking his scores or whatever, but he tied for 12th, so th- that bet was a loss. I also had Louis Oosthuizen for a top 10. He finished tied for 26th. Xander Shoffley, I had him for a top 10, plus 250. He finished tied for third, so that was a winner. And then uh, I'm sure Mad Money Mike um, wants us to spend tons of time on all of his bets that uh, lost. He, uh, he, uh, he whiffed the golf ball on this tee shot. He went 0 for 5. Um, but we both did hit our locks of the week. So, um, yep, uh, what was it? I had Webb Simpson in, uh, in, a, in a matchup bet over Daniel Berger. That was a win. And Mad Money Mike had Con Morikawa for a top 20, and that was a win as well. Finished tied for 18th. So a mixed bag for today. It's always or for last week's pod. It's always good to hit the uh, hit the locks, but wish we could have brought some more cheddar to ourselves and our loyal listeners. So that is a recap of the Masters. I just love playing that theme song because I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's, re- it's relaxing. It takes you back, you know. It, takes you back. it doesn't take me back because I've never been there, but apparently it takes Mike back because he's been there twice. Um, I don't think you've been, huh, Nate? <laughs> no. <laughs> it takes you back to the recliner and a nice Sunday afternoon, so I- I'll give you that one. I've had some good naps to that song. So <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. Now, let's switch back to Major League Baseball. I'm in love with these theme songs. I might be overdoing it. Let me know on Twitter. This is the ESPN Baseball Tonight soundtrack. Um, I think it's great. I'm pumped. Yeah, so I've got the... So we're we're a little bit over a week in. We're about two weeks in, right? Opening day was April first. About nine games in. Um, holy buckets! I've got some storylines here. Um, there's some week one power rankings. I've got Caft Drinks Sportsbook uh, money lines up for futures. Um, wow! I, to be honest, I'm not even exactly sure where to start. Um, Mad Money Mike is not here, but Nitty Nate is. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, that my, is that Mike here <laughs> to just jump on it? <laughs> oh, man. Do you want to go through some storylines? Or storyline? Oh, man. Why don't we, uh, why don't we talk about some storylines first, and then uh, we'll get into some of, the, some, of the, some of your models and some of the picks. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Well, right. let's see. You want to start so this, with the, the ball? Yeah, so I'm, so I heard this one. Want to give a shout out to uh, Get Up ESPN uh, ESPN Morning Show uh, have a podcast and also they're on ESPN channel. So um, not sure if y'all have heard of them, but uh, you know they're they're. They're, you know, they they've got a following. Probably not as, uh, you know, well known as this podcast, but uh, you know, they're they're pretty good. But anyway, they came up with it. Inspire. 
nevertheless, they, they had an interesting statistic where they're finding fly balls are, are traveling an average of 15 feet shorter than fly balls hit. I think it was all of last year or all of the year before or whatever, but the, the, what, they're, what, they're, what they're proposing is the ball has been deadened or unjuiced. And so, Nitty Nate, I want to hear what you think about that. Do you believe it? What's your, what's your first take? Yeah, well, I think it's true. So they, they, they control pretty closely and, and pretty secretly um, a lot of the baseball-making process down to the, the dirt that they use to actually, like, rub into the leather to give it the exact feel of a Major League Baseball. So it's all, it's all very heavily controlled. The, the, they, can, they can change a lot of the different parameters of the ball as they, as they want to. And over time, especially the last 10 years or so, um, they've been, I'll say, juicing it slightly. I don't know if it's incrementally or in big, big leaps, but um, trying to up the offense, um, give the advantage back to the hitters as uh, pitching has gotten uh, better and better um, to, to have more, uh, more balls in play, more, more home run excitement. Um, but uh, yeah, then I think they had a step change back this year to uh, maybe tone it tone it down a notch. I don't know if they intended a 15 foot difference, uh, but it's certainly gonna it's certainly gonna have an effect on on the game. It's gonna uh, it's gonna affect some teams more more than others. I think it may come into play actually for uh, the chances of some of the some of the teams this year. So do you, so I guess like first off like do you think this is a good change for just the sport? Um well there's I'll give you I'll give you two answers which is exactly what you what you were hoping for. As long um, as they're both the same answer I'm fine with this. They're not. So my my, my oh. answer I I like a good pitching duel. I like uh I like to watch pitchers shine. To me there's a I get a satisfaction out of that, seeing the strikeouts and complete games, and it's just with the specialization of pitchers, that's kind of been getting been getting harder and harder to come by. Um, so I like advantage pitcher, but I recognize I'm probably in the minority there. People like to see offense; they like to see the towering home runs. Uh, so you know, I think overall, probably it's a bad. A bad move on their part to do it quite so uh, quite so drastically because 15 feet's a lot. That's a that's a big change. That's gonna you know the average home run last year was 400 feet. You take 15 feet off of that, you know 385. That's not gonna go out in in, in most parks at least uh, anywhere in the except for the corners. So you're taking away a lot of home runs. Offense is gonna go down and. Um, yeah, especially teams that are heavy, heavy home run hitters. They've built their offense around that. They're losing a lot of value there, and I would be upset if I were, you know, if I built my team around the home run ball, and now, uh, you know, one of my one of my legs has been kicked out from under me. Interesting take. So, was, was that answer one of two, or was that both of them? That was both of them. Personally, I I like to see a dead ball, but um, for the sake of the game. I like, uh, you know, I think, I think having a, having a live ball is good. 
Okay. All right. I think uh, so. I agree with one of those, and uh, my and and it kind of mirrors what the the conversation was on Get Up. It was around, you know, if everyone's just hitting home runs, it's not really an interesting baseball game. And now the fact that the ball is flying 15 feet shorter, it's just going to be caught for an out. You know, like what is that changing except just fewer runs scored? So that could be considered less interesting. But just the fact that how baseball is so like statistical and analytical that like instead the batters are going to change how they swing and go for more line drives, which will actually give more play and like make the baseball game more exciting instead of just, you know, a home runoff, like essentially a home run derby. I think the change is good. Um, uh, To be honest, a lot of people say like watching such and such activity is more boring than golf. And for me, I say watching, you know, such and such, such activity, like, you know, watching paint dry is as boring as baseball. Like, that's what I say. Like, I think baseball is not the most exciting sport. And uh, in my mind, if this gives it more, uh, you know, more plays, uh, more actual, like, baseball action, I think that's a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, From, that's, uh, that's part of the draw. Mm-hmm. That's part of the draw to me. I like how baseball, I can put it on. I can, you know, play with the kids. I can take a phone call, step away, come back and, you know, if I miss something, I'll catch a replay. You kind of keep up with the pace of the game, and it doesn't invade the room. It doesn't take over, take over that time. So that's that's why I like it. Um, going back to the, the juice ball, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. It's a pastime. It's a pastime. There you go. Um, so here's here's what I did. I went and I looked. Uh, I used 2019 data just because 2020 was so was so goofy. Um, most I think of the construct of each of these teams has stayed generally the same so at least these will be in the right uh in the right ballpark so to speak if you want to use that uh, <laughs> analogy hey um, yeah so so here let me, let me name some teams these are these are the teams i think are going to be most affected by it oakland minnesota los angeles dodgers houston and the new york yankees um they had they had the highest number of uh, fly ball the highest fly ball percentage as a team of all their uh, of all their hits. So those fly balls are now going to be dropping, you know, shorter than they were before, and their home run per fly ball ratio is going to, you know, take a take a pretty pretty significant hit. So their offenses are pretty much going to need to be retooled. Anytime you're asking a player to make a change, you know, from a home run swing to a more level line drive swing, there's going to be an adjustment period. You can't just tweak a swing and immediately, you know, be, be back in your, your prime form. It takes time, mm-hmm. right? It's, it takes muscle memory. So I'm keeping an eye on them this year. I think they're going to have a harder time. I'm giving them a little bit of a handicap. I think it's going to help, uh, help Atlanta actually the most because Atlanta had the highest percentage of uh, line drive hits out of their, uh, out of their batted ball profile. So they had more line drives over, over fly balls and they had the hard, the highest hard hit percentage out of their batted ball profile. So they're already hitting it hard. They're already used to a line drive swing kind of as a talking on a team sense. Um, so I think they're gonna they're gonna benefit the most because they're kind of already in that sweet spot. 
Excellent. I love that. Let's keep that in mind when we get to looking at some of the futures. Like, for example, you mentioned the, you know, this hurts the New York Yankees. And I can't help but look at the standings in the AL East. The Yankees, I mean, everyone's live. Yankees are four and five, along with like everybody else except the Red Sox, who are six and three. But you look on the Calf Drings AL East division winner, and the Yankees are minus 177. Everybody else is like plus three eighty, plus five hundred, plus you know, a thousand. So maybe maybe we can find some value in uh, you know based on this insight. So I, I love that that look, Nate, Nitty Nate, bring yeah. on the bacon. There you go. Um, one other random question I had for you was: You're telling me that Major League Baseball pre-rubs dirt into new balls before sending them out. Uh, it's clay actually. Yeah. And it comes from like upstate New York or some, someplace in the Northeast, like one particular riverbeds clay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I feel like there's gotta be like some stock that we can either jump on or short and just like make money in a whole new different way based on this. But we'll have to, we'll have to stew on that one. I'm, I'm sure they'd be. I'm sure they'd be open to sourcing different clay if the uh, supply and demand wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Some of these, some of these big companies, you know, these big yeah. organizations, they gotta have it a certain way, you know. So, Maybe. speaking of speaking of uh, not having a certain way, and uh, without getting too political here, I want to think the betting angle. The All Star Game has been moved from Georgia to Colorado. So yeah, I know. Some, yeah, so my my thinking is maybe we should try and uh, slam the over here for the home run derby. Although the ball is unjuiced, is it going to cancel itself out? I don't know, Nene. What do you think? What's the angle here? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think the juice balls affect the home run derby too much. Um. You, you look at the home runs they hit in the Derby. I, I think I think most of them would probably be going out anyway. Colorado, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I, I haven't looked at the uh, at the distance difference between. Uh, gosh, they changed the name this year too. It was SunTrust. Now it's like now it's like Tipco Field or something like that. Who cares? Anyway, Atlanta's Park versus Colorado. Certainly, the Air Center in Colorado. Everyone knows that. But as far Rocky as Mountain High, baby, who knows? I could find the YouTube clip for Rocky Mountain High, <laughs> but uh, y'all will just have to suffice with our loyal listeners. Will just have to suffice with my dub of it. So <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I, I haven't looked into it, but I think it deserves a pretty close look before you start making assumptions like that. Because I think part of the Part of the shorter distance in the fly ball was due to a, a change in the drag. I think they loosened the laces, which increased the ball drag. And so some of that effect is going to be offset by, by the higher altitude, right? You have thinner air, you have less drag. Um, hmm. So I'm not, you know, think you, you got to kind of consider a lot of different things. All right, all right. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll keep that one uh, in the notebook for some further analysis, but uh, interesting stuff altogether. The other, uh, so starting to look at some specific teams here. Um, 
you had mentioned glad to hear that you know the Dodgers um, might be negatively impacted by the ball being unjuiced because there's a report out from uh, you know recently around Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer with some substance abuse and this isn't like you know steroids or uh, you know whatever the heck performance enhancing whatever but this is around pine tar use and uh, I mean. Yeah, I know Nathan that uh, you are you were an Astros fan, and you know this is just uh, I guess just more uh, more lawlessness, huh? What's what's the MLB's play here? <laughs> Lawless, lawlessness, I like that. Um, it's the wild wild west out there. I mean, let's 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 do, you know, let's say it like it is. That's right. That's right. There's no angels in that in that city. Um, no, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, if you look at the context of this story and you kind of look at Trevor Bauer's role, you know, the, the role he like, he, he, he loves to play. He kind of likes to call out and poke at these weak, weak spots, these, these, I don't know what you want to call it, these, these soft spots and other, other teams, other players. He, he likes to call out hypocrites. I'll say, I'll, I think that's probably the best way to put it. And he did that with the Astros, um, calling out their spin rate changes when when pitchers would would I think it was Charlie Morton was one of them. He went from um, I think it was Tampa over to the Astros. His spin rate took a huge took a huge jump, and so he kind of he just called it called it like he saw it. He was like, "Hey, you know, they're using pine tar. That's what they're that's what they're doing." And that's not. And he also pointed out that's not uncommon. Like a lot of teams, a lot of teams do it. And so he then went and and basically said, "Hey, check out. Watch everyone. Watch my spin rate next game. I'll show you what I mean." And so like he had one spin rate, and then he went out and one game his spin rate took a huge jump. And so everyone was like, "Well, did you use pine tar?" And he just like winked. And he's like, "I don't know." And so he's he's trying to put a spotlight. He's trying to put a spotlight on this issue. Um, I don't. I, I think it's. I'm. I am giving him the benefit of the doubt for now, and I think that he is trying to make the game better. Um, you know, I don't know if like a, as like a scapegoat type of a role or or what. But so he's like he's trying to be like the Dark Knight, like the villain that Major League Baseball needs, but not the one that it wants. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of romanticizing it maybe too much. He's he's just he's a baseball. Baseball's player. boring, dude. I mean, I'm just trying to yeah. stay awake, right. you know. And... Trevor Dark Knight, <laughs> Bauer Power. Yeah. So, but that's what he's doing. He's trying to level the playing field. He's trying to call attention to a, a hypocrisy, a wink wink, unwritten rule type of a thing. You know, umps look the other way, MLB's look the other way on this because everyone's kind of done it. And he's just trying he's trying to you know, he's trying to make it, make it normal. All right. So he might get a fine. I don't think he'll care. You know, it doesn't sound he's like the problem change, is going to be solved. Well, if all he gets is fined, I'm not sure that that's going to you know, be enough uh, of a punishment to, you know, correct the problem. But if you're saying that it also might lead to some rule changes, then all right. I think, uh, I think the Dark Knight uh, fits, uh, but I tell you what, I think that is. Speaking of uh, you know Major League Baseball, uh, you know not uh, not seeing things, I think you're exactly right. 
I don't know if you saw uh, from over the weekend, actually, the Braves versus the Phillies game, the blown call in the bottom of the ninth when uh, – who was it? Oh, I've got to pull it up here. Alec Bohm failed to touch home plate in his ninth inning slide and turned out to be the deciding run in a 7-6 win between the Braves and the Phillies. So yeah, did you I watched- happen to catch that one? I did. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Well, what the, what the hell's up with that? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think the issue there was that the call on the field was one thing, and they didn't have the they didn't have the definitive camera angle to to overturn it. I think I think if they if they what they would have done if they would have synced up synced up all of their different views. They, I think they would have ultimately seen that the tag was applied before his toe even got to the point where it conceivably could have touched the back corner of the plate. I think if they would have done that, they could have just logically ruled out that he... Because it, it would have been a moot point then if his toe yeah, touched yeah. the back corner. Everyone's I completely agree. upset by saying, oh, his toe missed the back corner. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Even if his toe did get the back corner... If you if you sync up the, the timing of the tag versus when allegedly the toe touched the back corner, the tag would have beat that. If he would have hit the front of the plate, then yeah, he would have been safe. But the, it was so bang bang, you know that they they called him safe, and then and then it stood. That's yeah. Just the fact that they have replay, and yet they're still coming out after a replay with the wrong answer, or like you know the the. Like the untruth, like that is not what happened. Like this is the wrong call. I mean, clearly something's broken here. And I can just imagine right now Mad Money Mike rolling over in his grave. May he rest in peace. No, he, he's not. He's not dead. He's just uh, he's uh, busy. But it's not. But it, it's, not it, it's it's a, it's an issue with the camera angles. The 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 reviews only as good as what the cameras pick up, and the cameras just did not pick up. That what they need is like a direct overhead camera, and that might be that might actually be a good a good idea. Although it interfere with some, probably, but something that like looks directly down onto the plate. Yeah, I mean, look, we have satellites that are like orbiting Mars right now that can zoom in and see a pimple on my forehead. I'm sure we can figure something out. Yep, yep. Uh, to be honest, though, Brent, that's not hard to see. Oh, 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 zing. All right, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. <laughs> uh, all right, good stuff. All right, so we're about, I guess those are all the, the storylines we had uh, related to MLB. Now let's, all right, let's get into the actual teams and how they're performing. So we're about nine games in, and I did find um, like a power ranking based on week one. So albeit, you know, a couple games have passed since then, but they've got uh, overall power ranking, both, uh, you know, both, both leagues, uh, American and uh, national. They've got Dodgers one, Yankees two, Padres three, Twins four, Astros five, and uh, Knitting Nate. I'm curious what, uh, if you agree with this ranking or who, uh, who would you, who would you add? Who would you remove? Who do you think is hot right now? Let's let, let's hear some let's hear some analysis. Uh, I would I would I would kick the twins out of that group. And oh, that's a, 
So you know the baggage that comes with that statement. And I have, yeah, I have I, you know, I li- listeners, listeners, um, if Twins happens to be your favorite team, whoever you are, uh, there's nothing personal. I'll just say I can, I can just hear in one in particular one loyal listener just like in, in anguish of pain, like uh, what pocket. was it? Yeah, yeah, deep <laughs> What was it in Star Wars where like uh, Yoda died and like everybody felt it? I just felt that. So uh, I can hear that if, if they end up winning, you know, he'll have. Oh last- God! So it'll just make it that much sweeter. But here's here's why. Here's why they don't belong there. They're they're kind of a glass cannon. The, the the twins, the twins have a problem with with depth. You know, I think bottom line when you look back on the season, you're you're going to see that their their fortunes rise and fell, rose and fell. I think is a better way to say it. With the uh, the health of Byron Buxton, if he's healthy and if he's playing and playing well, and he's notoriously streaky, you know they're gonna they're probably gonna be okay. But look, they got their starters are are Buxton, Donaldson, Snow, and all these stars that they have basically tier one players. They are all injury prone. You look past them, and there's 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 just not there's not a lot there. You keep the starters playing, you keep them playing every day, and yeah, they you know they can they'll they'll have their runs and they can make a run, but boy, that is a tall order in 162. 162 games. You got to have depth to make it. Mm-hmm. To make, to make yeah. the playoffs, I think they'll go deep. But, you know, it's going to be a tough okay. So I'm guessing you do not like Byron Buxton plus 4,000 for the AL MVP. Uh, no. No, I don't. At the heart of any MVP discussion is whether you think the person can be, can be healthy. I think if he stays healthy all season, absolutely he's going to be in that conversation. But he's he's yet to prove that. Okay. All right. And I guess just let me tell you that when our loyal listener email overflows our email inbox, you're going to be the one that wades through it and sorts everything out. So this uh, this may not be the best time to plug our email address. Uh, it's a lock podcast at gmail.com and our Twitter account at it's a lock podcast, no apostrophes anywhere. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks in advance for that. Nitty Nate. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you one more just to put the final nail nail on the twins discussion here. The oh, twins, it's, and this is, this is what gets dropped from too many discussions about, about, you know who's going to win divisions? Who's going to make the who's going to make the playoffs? And who's going to win the World Series? Is you talk about the players and it's the players and the players and oh the team's good the team's bad. You need to give equal amounts of discussion to the front office. Are is the front office in a position and are they willing to make to make plays and to spend money and to shore up holes come the the deadline? And the Twins do not have a history of, of being strong there. You know, lately they've done better with pitching, but, but you know, when you think of, of teams willing to spend money, do the Twins come to mind? Not, not, not for me. Not for me. They've got good farm systems, but when it comes to shoring up holes down the stretch, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's the, the operation they're running there. 
All right. And I'll tell you what, a bet, a losing bet not made is just as good as a bet made in one. That was actually the original saying um, that was actually like knocked off into the phrase, a penny saved is a penny earned. Um, that was the original phrase. So, um, oh, yeah. Appreciate, wow. Yeah, it was. Um, you can you can <clears throat> check me on that for sure. I think um, right. No, no, we got to keep moving. Um, we got to keep moving. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. So we'll avoid the twins. I already knew they had bullpen issues. I had, I had thought that maybe they could shore that up, but um, great insight there around it's a you know it takes two to tango here. You got to have players and you got to have front office want to make moves. So I think that is like. A good, you know, segue. Let's take a look at the, some other potential futures bets, either for division winners, um, league winners, or World Series winners. And I have a, a specific question for you. It's going back to, uh, it's going back to the Yankees and the AL East. Um, Yankees currently minus one seventy-seven. Everyone, the four, the you got the Red Sox, Orioles, Blue Jays, Rays, and Yankees. Everyone's yeah. four and five, except for the Red Sox, six and three. The Red Sox are plus twelve hundred, Yankees minus one seventy seven. Everybody else's huge pluses. I mean, can he? I mean, like, are you sold on the Yankees, or is this just like a slow start, or is this just classic public overbought time to find a winner in here? Yeah, I mean, I'm sold on the Yankees making the postseason. Whether they do it by winning the division or winning the wild card. Definitely one of the wild cards is going to come from the AL East. I don't think that's, that's in question. So pick two. I don't, I don't buy the Blue Jays. I think the, Yankees, I think the Yankees are going to make it. Do they win the division over the Red Sox? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, okay, I, would, so you, I would say, yeah, I think, they come, I think they come back. Okay, so if you got Tampa Bay Rays plus 500, Boston Red Sox plus 1,200, Baltimore Orioles plus four thousand. If I'm hearing from you that there is at least somewhat of a chance of any of those three teams ousting the Yankees for the division winner, I mean that there's value in, in that, right? So you're saying that you, you think the Red Sox? Uh, I think the Yankees do it, but um, I think the value's there in the plus twelve hundred. So oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's a that's a value bet. All right, excellent. All right, what about uh, one more pointed question? I guess is the NL West. Can the Padres oust the Dodgers? Yeah, that is the most interesting division in baseball, in my opinion. I love, you know, you you know my you know my Astros story. That's this is this is kind of another. Uh, I'll say rising of a perennial, a team that's a perennial loser. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. Uh, <laughs> womp, womp. We might have lost a loyal listener. Uh, we may or may never know. <laughs> nah, that's, what makes it, that's what makes it great, you know. It's like, uh, you know, what was, that, what was that soccer team in the Premier League that, you know, it was like a billion to one odds and they ended up winning the whole thing a few years back? Ah, uh, yeah, Leicester, Leicester. Yep. I don't know. Loyal Let's, listeners, shoot us an email. You go. Yep. When y'all gonna cover? Yeah, no, no, we won't go there. Um, so the Padres—they've been terrible. Um, they're—they've—they've they've been building though, and that's been that's been fun to watch. And so they've—they kind of got all the, 
all the pieces together in a, hopefully this is where the similarities end, but in an Astros like fashion where they've, they've got their draft picks, they've drafted smart, they've made smart plays, um, lots of prospects and it's all come together. If they have, they're legit. They have a legit lineup. They have legit pitchers. They have depth. Um, and I think, I think in a very Astros like fashion, they're going to, uh, be willing to spend money down the stretch too, because they have that uh, they have that sense that hey, this is our this is our shot. If we're ever gonna if we're ever gonna push our chips into the middle, we got to do it this year. Um, and we're you know let's let's not let's not look back. So I think I think they're I think they're the real deal. Do they beat the Dodgers out? I don't think so. I think they get in in a wild card. And, um, mm. yeah, but I do what, think they make the playoffs. Okay. All right. What about, all right. So the Padres are plus 300. That means you need a 25% chance that the Padres beat out the Dodgers for the division winner. You're saying that even all that said and done, the Padres are still less than a 25% chance, you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. The Dodgers. The, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, I think, are one of the best teams uh, we've seen. We've seen oh, okay. They have very few weaknesses. They've, right. they've got experience. They've got talent. They've been there so many times over the last few years. Uh, very, very formidable team. Okay, so, Will, on this uh, Caft Drinks sports book, there is not – I don't see odds for, like, to make or miss the playoffs, but – um, to our loyal listeners, if uh, if with your uh, sports book of preference, if you do have it, uh, recommend looking and taking the uh, San Diego Padres. There you go. All right. Okay, uh, Nathan. I'll Nitty Nate. I'll open it up to you. Any other divisions or league winners or World Series winners? I do have one specific question about the World Series, so maybe I'll hold that to the end. Any other division bets that uh, you know tickle your fancy here? Um, I like the AL West too. That's a that's a fun division to watch. You got um, you got the Angels, maybe with their first their first real chance in a while to to make the playoffs. And and you know that the, they really they really want to get Mike Trout with a uh, with a ring. So I think they're willing to, I think they're willing to to spend a little bit more, um, before before we lose prime prime time Mike Trout, um, mm-hmm. and I think the, I think the Astros are overinflated this year, for a number of reasons. You you may remember they were on my list of the juiced ball impacts, um, mm-hmm. the other. As we were just talking about, you know, I said, oh, the Padres are in a similar situation. The Astros were before. Well, the Astros are not the Astros are not the Dodgers and they're not the Yankees. They do not have a nearly unlimited bankroll by their ownership. So the, the deal with these teams is they put it together, you know, they play the long game, they tank, 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 then put it together and make their run, but they can't sustain it. Once they start, once they start moving guys, once folks start hitting free agency, um, 
they're not going to be able to fill those holes as effectively as they as they were when their players were cheap. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a matter of time, and I think it's been it's starting to get it, we're starting starting to run out. Time is starting to run out on the Astros, and I think the Angels are going to put a lot of pressure on them. And I don't I don't like I don't like the Astros to go very deep in uh, the playoffs. I think a lot of people like them for um, making the World Series, possibly if they can beat out uh, beat out the Yankees. But um, I'm not I'm not on that train. So the Los Angeles Angels plus three hundred to win the AL West. It sounds like there's some value to be had there. I like I like that. I like that play. Yeah. All right. Circling back up to uh, you know talking about the ball is uh, unjuiced. You had also mentioned this helps the uh, Atlanta Braves and checking on them in the NL East. It looks like they are plus one sixty. Is uh, is that something that uh, you recommend sprinkling uh, a little bit on? I think so. I think so. The Mets. Uh, whenever the Mets are the favorite to win. And this is this is uh, let me clarify. This is not based on any crack analysis. This is based on, based on the trademark uh, gut. Whenever the Mets are projected to win, that's a good time to get on the opposite side of that uh, that ledger. So hey, oh, shots fired! <laughs> I love I it. Fans would agree with that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it seems like every single New York sports team is just consistently like a garbage can joke waiting to happen. <laughs> well, except the Yankees. Except for the Yankees. I mean, you got the Knicks. You got uh, – we just mentioned the, the, the Mets. You've got the Jets. I mean, it's like America's most populous city. They have the most money, yet somehow their, uh, their, uh, their crown jewel is one team in the New York Yankees. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – we may have just lost all of our New York City uh, loyal listeners, but uh, the truth hurts, and uh, we encourage you uh, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet. We'll read it on the pod. Um, you know, we're not uh, we're not against you know good conversation. That's what makes America great. Um, so we're not sponsored by any uh, you know any free speech organization, but we're open to that too. So. I tell you what, uh, before I continue to derail us into who the hell knows where I was going, um, let's just quickly I, talk about – let's talk about – That's for a football team. So I think I forgot the Jets were a football team for a minute there. You're not alone. I think the Jets forgot the Jets were a football team too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's quickly talk about – God, I want to talk about your model. Um, we have to talk about it. I realize this pod might be a little bit longer too, so I'll uh, I'll be sure to put in some timestamps at the beginning. But Nathan, well, I let's need the, let's go to the World Series. Let's go to the World Series first. That'll wrap That's up it. our uh... yeah. Good call. Yeah. I totally forgot. I've got too many tabs open. I'm just all over the place. I'm talking about free speech. Um, Nathan, are we destined for a Dodgers Yankees World Series? Yes. No. In the form of a question, this is your Jeopardy final final answer. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, begrudgingly, I'm going to say yes. We are. Oh! We are Death- Yankees-Dodgers World Series. Yep. Yep. Man, so 
we just talked about so many inter- exciting teams, you know, the Padres, the Braves, and it's not exciting. the Mets. <laughs> not, not the Mets, the Padres. Yeah, the, the Padres are going to be fun to watch, and I hope they prove me wrong. But, I, you know, the problem with the Padres is that they're in the National League with the Dodgers in the same division. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually think the Dodgers are if, – if, if I'm wrong about the World Series being Yankees-Dodgers, it's going to be wrong with the Dodgers, and I think the Padres would be there instead of the Dodgers. Aha, uh-huh. I love that. Yeah. All right, so right now, looking at World Series odds, we've got Dodgers plus 350 to win the World Series, Yankees plus 550, and Padres plus 800. So perhaps, uh, do you think, uh, what is that, one out of nine times, like 11% of the time, uh, the Padres could win the World Series? I mean, of those of those three that you just told me, I would take the Yankees. Plus 550, you like those odds? Yeah, I don't, I don't say that lightly. But, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, the, uh, the evil empire's got to win one. Otherwise, they lose credibility, right? So, yeah, I think about you, realize you're, you realize you're selling your soul by betting on the New York Yankees. I'm not betting on anyone. <laughs> I'm just telling, I'm telling you. <laughs> good point, good point. Um, <laughs> you've sold my soul by recommending that I will now go bet on the New York, New York Yankees. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, any other any other World Series comments or thoughts you got, Nitty Nate? Well, yeah. Here's here's why. So so you gotta you gotta kind of cut the Dodgers and the Padres' chances in half because they're gonna have to go through each other. So you're looking at the you're looking in the AL coming down to Yankees and Astros, and the NL coming down to Dodgers and Padres. So who's got the easier path there? Well, I, I think the Yankees do because I think the I think the Astros are they're gonna stumble. They're gonna stumble down the stretch, and the Yankees are always willing to just just you know, re-up their bankroll and put the car keys on the table come uh, come free agent uh, free agent mm-hmm. signing deadline, from the trade deadline. So I I think I think they have the easier path to the World Series. And I think the Dodgers and the Padres individually have a harder time even just getting to the game. So if I had to pick one out of all four of those teams, it would be the Yankees, just because I think they're the most likely to get there. Then once they're there, you know, once, once, once you're in, it's, it's, it's seven games. Corn flip. If anything can happen. So maybe the bet here is American League winner New York Yankees plus two forty. Yeah. There you go. We are just finding so many winners for our loyal listeners. Nitty Nate cannot cannot say how much we appreciate having you on. Um, let's talk about your model. You have built a baseball model that is actually a legitimate model. You sent me your picks this morning. Sadly, it updates once a day in the morning, which I think is like ridiculously cool. Um, and your picks were the Rays, the Yankees, the White Sox, the A's, Houston Astros, Atlanta. The list goes on and on. Essentially, they're like all doing well. A lot of the games are in progress right now, except for like Houston. 
Um, so I want to hear, I want to hear, like, tell me, like, how did you build it? Like, yeah, tell me how you built it, how you built it. Tell me, tell me all about it. Uh, all right. And then we'll get into, you know, what the, what's the lock of the week? All right. Yeah. Well, I call it the big, dumb model. Uh, big, dumb model. Yep. I, uh, okay. interesting. <laughs> just give you, give you a hint on how sophisticated it is. So, so what I did was, and this, this has been, this has been dusted off from a solid, I don't know, four or five years ago, updated a little bit. But what it does is I, I sat down and I just, I thought about, well, what would, if, if I was asked about it, what I thought who would win, who would win a specific game, like what would I go and look at? And then I just kind of started writing all those things down you know, just, and then kind of ordered them on, well, here's what I think is the most important all the way down to like the bottom tier, you know, here are things that may matter, but, but probably, probably not going to matter too much. Then, um, for each of those items, I kind of thought, well, is this something that I can take a pretty, have, have a source of data for, um, like beforehand. And most of the answers turned out to be, turned out to be yes. Um, so then it kind of became, well, can I put it all together? And then just without, without having to go through this like research project for each, each game, have it just pull together from these different data sources automatically and kind of summarize what my thoughts would be if I, if I took the time to go and look at each individual game and spit out a, a winner and give me the data and the reasoning as to as to why. Um, so that's what I did. A lot of the data just is it, all of the data is freely available just on different different websites. A lot of fan graphs, mostly fan graphs, and um, you know putting some odds to it from uh, I don't know what you call it, calf dreams or something like that. <laughs> And no free pub on this podcast. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much the sum of it. So like, does it like scrape automatically? Like you click a button and it like, it requires, it like queries this fan, you know, fangraphs.com, like whatever data, whatever public database for like the new information or like just a yeah. question about like the auto up. Wow. Like, do you use code or like you built this out in like C plus plus or something? Uh, it's all in Excel. It's like I said, okay. it's not sophisticated at all. <laughs> okay. Is it like VBA or it's just like mac not even macros, just like formulas and stuff? There it's all it's all formulas and using you know, the new Excel's got a pretty good uh, pretty good data connection package. So it actually does a lot of that for you. There is some there is a macro, but frankly it's just changing player names to match the fangraphs database. Awesome. Well, I want to give you some credit. You call it a big, dumb uh, model, but you you predicted the Astros win the World Series a couple years ago, and you did not have inside information that they were banging trash cans. Um, and then, I, I and this is anecdotal, but when I'm in Vegas, I'm always calling you up like, Nitty Nate, what's your model say? And I have slayed it. I went like, your, your picks were like 3-0, you know, two and one, your locks are always hitting. So, um, you know, that big dumb model, I don't know uh, if it's uh, too late to change the name or if you've already engraved it in metal, but 
Uh, might be due for uh, might be due for a, a more uh, fitting title. Ah, user beware. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, that's a good segue because now I want to ask you about. Um, I know that uh, we had to we had to pull some strings um, to get this thing to update. Uh, not in the morning; it's it's getting close to ten o'clock tonight. So um, I know this pod might not make it out in time, but we got we will. Uh, thanks. Uh, Big thanks to Nitty Nate for uh, adjusting the model to look at some Tuesday, April 13th games and try and find us a lock. Um, so with that said, Nitty Nate, I'm pulling up on calf drinks. Looks like we've got a, a big slate right here. Um, I can read them out to you, or is there a couple that uh, the model has flagged? Or let's uh, let's let's talk shop. All right. Well, that'd be money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So there's a few, there's a few that I like. Um, and it's not going to be, you know, I'll, I'll put, I'll give, I'll throw three out there and then I'll give two that are kind of special cases. So I, I like the Rays tomorrow. Rays beating out Texas. Um, okay. I think uh, they got about a two run. They're probably going to have a two run advantage. Um, the Padres, you know, they're playing Pittsburgh. That's, that's my biggest, that's my, that's my lock is what I'm going to go with. But I think everyone realizes the Padres are much better than the Pirates. Uh, sorry, Brent, but, um, you're not going to get a lot of value on that one, but that is, that is my lock. That's going to be, that's going to kind of be a no brainer. Padres. Okay. Pirates. All right. So the, the Padres over the Pirates money line on the Padres is minus two forty. The so that means you have to wager $240 to win $100. They also give a run line, and if the Padres win by two or more runs, those odds are minus 134. So, do you, Nate, Nitty Nate, your lock of the week, you going with the money line, or do you think the Padres are going to win by more than one run? Uh, I do think they're going to win by more than one run, but this – the model is talking about who's going to win, and I have a confidence value attached to it that's in terms of standard deviations and not exactly runs. So I don't have it keyed in yet to, to give over-unders. So I'm just going to stick with the money line on this one. Hey, going back to what we said earlier, a lock win is worth two lock losses in the bush. So that's, we'll take that. that. That concurs with my notes here, yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. All right, and your other bet, you like the Rays over the Rangers, and I'm showing that here. The Rays are minus 182. Yeah. Yep. Rays over the Rangers. Padres over the Pirates. I like the Nationals tomorrow, too, over St. Louis. For some reason, everyone, everyone loves – St. Louis, or just doesn't like doesn't like the Nationals. What's what's the what's the line on that one? What the Nationals are plus one hundred and two. Yeah, yeah. Take the Nationals. That's a that's your value bet. That's that's the one to take. Value from. bet. I love it. We've got a lock of the week and a value bet. Oh man, only only on uh, only on its lock podcast will you get both a lock of the week and a value bet. I mean, just like what what sort of better are you? You can take your pick. <laughs> Do you like money or do you like more money? I mean, it's, it's a tough one. We can't answer that for you. We can just give you the bets based on your selection. So, 
Nitty Nate. I love it, man. I love it. Um, okay, yeah, so we've got some bets for tomorrow. We've got some futures. Um, we've got a lock of the week. I actually went down – so because I did not know what these bets were going to be, I, I went down and, you know, for Cheeto's anti-bet of the week, and uh, I asked her, I was like, hey, so Nitty Nate is going to give his locks, and I'm going to jump on that. So that's going to be our locks of the week. Do you want to take the anti-bet, whatever that was? And she was like, uh, no, I think I'll pass. And so I think that's some respect for Nitty Nate, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's a good sign for us, I guess. So no, that's good. You never be, you never want to be on the wrong side of of Chittum's Chittum's bets. That's not good. Sadly, that is only the side that I ever get on because she picks the opposite of me. But uh, but yeah, you're right. So um, yes, yeah, so we've got some locks for the week. Soundbite coming at you. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar. Right now. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bat. Jerry, it's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. All right. Nice. Great stuff. All right. Let's move into Diaper Dad Diaries. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off. So uh, last week... We were, uh, you know, just going, you know, having having a normal day. I think this happened on a Saturday because uh, I wasn't working. Either that or it was lunchtime. But anyway, uh, Kramer and Chittam were playing in the uh, in our front living room, and uh, Kramer was up, you know, standing up, leaning up against um, like a little wooden end table, and actually had like a pretty expensive like stereo system on top of it, and he's just banging on it you know, trying to break it, I guess, of course, somehow he knows things are expensive or not. And so he's banging on it. And then uh, he, he grabs Chittam's cell phone and he's playing with his, uh, with her cell phone. And then he drops it onto the, the wooden end table. And it makes a, it makes a, you know, it makes a pretty loud bang and it startles our dog, Jack. And Jack starts barking like crazy. You know, he startles him. He, 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 he's getting up, he's barking, making a whole bunch of noise. And that, startles kramer and so kramer i'm pretty sure connected the dots like instantaneously like whoa i made that noise and now this giant beast is barking you know our dog jack is like 120 pounds um he looks menacing but he's the he's a big softy nevertheless so i think kramer connects the dots because as soon as that happens you know clunk kramer just like he like stiffens like a board and he just shoots straight up and then like he turns to Chittam and he just lunges into her arms, and uh, the whole the whole ordeal was just hilarious. Kramer, uh, you know, he made a little yelp and he's just like hugging on to mom for dear life. Meanwhile, Jack, I don't even know if he got up. He was just like barking, barking some. But uh, anyway, from- was, uh, what's that? Just barking from the ground. Yeah, just like barking from the ground. Like, oh, I heard something. What was that? Arf, arf, arf. And then Kramer just like ah. Like, oh, God, Mom, save me. Um, I don't know. I guess she had to be there to, uh, to do it justice, justice. But uh, just a little, the little things going on uh, here at, uh, you know, the, the home base. Uh, you know, just it, it's always something. So, uh, Nitty Nate with an inaugural Diaper Dad Diaries. Got anything to share? Well, I don't have any kids in diapers anymore. Thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, I got a, 
I got a little story. So we we got my son. This is his first season playing, uh, you know, little little league coach pitch baseball, and uh, he's actually he's actually got a two game hitting streak going. So he's he's now enjoying it. You asked him three games ago, he probably would have told told us a different a different answer. But anyway, the first uh, the first practice. So we we go, we do the practice. Coach is super intense and. All the kids are, are you know trying to figure out what's what's going on. Why is this guy telling us to do all these things? And we're tired. And the practice ends. And coach gathers all the you know little little six and seven year olds around. Said, "All right, we're all going to go around, and we're gonna we're gonna tell each other, kind of get to know you. We're gonna tell each other our names, our favorite food, and our favorite baseball player. So let's 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 start. So." He goes around each each kid, you know. Oh, my name's my name's Tyler. I like spaghetti, and my favorite baseball player is is Mike Trout. You know, what, whatever. He goes around and gets to Bennett. Bennett says, "My name's Bennett." He doesn't even say his favorite food, and he goes, "My favorite baseball player is Tommy Gregg." <laughs> everyone like kind of blinks. The kids have no idea who Tommy Gregg is. All the coaches, all the coaches turn from Bennett and just stare at me. The coach goes, the coach goes, what did he say? Talking to me. And I go, well, he said, Tommy Gregg. And they just continue to look at me. I said, he, he was a base, he was a Braves player back in the, in the nineties. And the coach goes, I know who Tommy Gregg is. Why does he know who Tommy Gregg is? <laughs> so, so they think, they think that my son is like this, this, baseball historian you know stats prodigy but really the truth of it is our our story that our bible story we read at night before bed our the bookmark we use is a baseball card of tommy greg <laughs> so, so <laughs> i take out the bookmark and i hand it to Bennett, and he just looks at tommy greg and looks at the stats and looks at his picture and in his mind he's like this must be the best baseball player that ever lived but, oh, but tommy man. Greg, I mean, Greg was a was a pinch hitter, lifetime batting average of like two forty. <laughs> it's, it's actually not that great. Now I'm wondering, how did the coach know who Tommy Greg was? Well, you you know that was like prime viewing you. They were of the age where that was probably where they were really getting into following baseball. So he was a little bit older than I. We we are. So oh man, he's really That's into baseball. Hilarious. Yeah, so well, I had to so look. Is- I had to look where Tommy Gregg is now, you know, just so in case, in case there's any follow-up questions, I was like, boy, I gotta, I gotta know something about Tommy Gregg now. So I looked <laughs> on, on Wikipedia and he's actually the hitting coach for the New Orleans Zephyrs or baby cakes, whatever. For, yeah. Formerly the New Orleans Zephyrs. That's, that's a whole nother story, but so, so I, I guess, that. what's that? I said, I'm not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. Baby cakes. What a terrible name. Um, I'll acknowledge it being terrible. Um, so I guess Nitty Nate, you know, uh, Fangraph, the stats update daily, um, have Bennett's, uh, you know, two-run hit streak, have they made it onto Fangraphs.com database yet? Well, I don't know if they made it onto Fangraphs since that's publicly available, but I think there's some kind of scouting database because my phone's been been blowing up, you know. <laughs> Boy, he just won't leave me alone, Scott. He's just calling me all the time. He's yeah. got a prospect, you know. He's, we we got to have him. We got to have him on the farm team. I right, said, so, "Hey, is that that kid have an agent yet?" 
yeah. I tell you what, I'm here on uh, on calf drinks. And uh, if, I, if I scroll down past MLB, they've got some other leagues here. And I do see um, Alabama preschool base. It looks like we can bet on this maybe. Nitty Nate, I'm going to have to get with you offline. Maybe there's an angle we can run here. Um, I, I don't yeah. – what, what are the team names here? The uh, Yeah, we got the Diaper Dads here versus the, uh, the preschool punks. It looks yep. like uh... <laughs> if he gets one, if he gets a hit out of the infield, then we might, you know, we might play another season. I don't know, but right now he's got he's got three hits, and all of them are bobbled balls by the pitcher. <laughs> all right, well, at least so he doesn't have that giant pitching wedge home runs home run swing. You got him swinging, you know, horizontally going for the the hard driven balls line drives. That's right, because of the because of the ball, because of the change in the ball, yeah. Nitty Nate, I want to say thank you so much for joining. It was awesome to talk baseball, futures, models, um, games, you know, ins, outs, overs, unders. Um, huge props for, uh, for coming on. Definitely will have you on in the future. Also want to give a, a big shout-out to Mad Money Mike. Hope all is well with uh, whatever issues you're dealing with. Can't wait to hear about it on uh, next week's Diaper Dad Diaries. Nitty Nate, any, uh, any closing words before we dismiss? No, appreciate you having me on. Feel free to, uh, you know, ask me what uh, what I'm looking at today or tomorrow, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll feed you some info. Awesome. Me and, I think me and the big dumb, big big dumb model. Look, I am I am now standing in as the lawyer for the big dumb model, and we are suing for a name change. Um, I tell you what, maybe we'll uh, try and get you a lock of the week segment if you're. Uh, if you would be so kind or so agreeable, we'll uh, we'll throw on your locks of the week, um, cast them out here on the pod. I think your model is uh, is something that we definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, and then secondly, I think that's also a good uh, a good uh, you know point to mention. Email us guys or tweet us at it's a lock podcast if you have any questions for Nitty Nate um, about the model or any futures, any other baseball related items, and we could be sure to. Uh, to connect the dots there. So with that, we will sign off another episode in the books. Huge congrats. And thanks again to Nitty Nate. That'll do it for episode 12. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in on behalf of mad money. Mike, this is big bet. Brent saying so long and see you next week.